What is going on, everyone? Mike here. Welcome back to the podcast, episode 15. Hope everyone has had an awesome week. Um, today's podcast is going to be a little different. Nothing about health and fitness, nothing about politics, because you guys know I like to be politically incorrect all the time. But today, I have a very special guest with me, um, very, very dear to my heart, someone that I look, um, look up to and have looked up to for the past previous years, um, especially in the basketball world, um, Marshall University legend. Um, all-time leading scorer for the Thundering Herd, Mr. Bucket Getter, and will probably shoot the basketball from three steps inside half court, Mr. John Elmore. Um, John, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Man, psyched to have you on here. Um, so um, a lot of listeners on here aren't really basketball fanatics, um, so you can just go ahead and just introduce yourself um, and tell us what you're doing right now. We'll go ahead and get started with some questions. So um, I'm John Elmore. Uh, I'm from Charleston, West Virginia. I grew up uh, playing basketball, basketball fanatic. Um, I love it. Uh, basketball family. So I've grown up around the game and uh, beautiful fiance. We have a baby girl on the way. I currently play professional basketball in Italy. But right now with the virus and everything going on, I'm back home uh, trying to stay in shape and stay ready for when my opportunity is called. Awesome. Great stuff. Love it. Um, so really just dive in right away. Um, first question. So you were, you were firstly recruited to VMI, correct? Um, yeah. yeah so that's where you went first. You, you did not play. Um, but so what, what was that transition like from VMI to Marshall? And wh why, why did you choose Marshall out of any school in the country you could have chosen to transfer to? And how was that process with coach D'Antoni and getting there and everything? So my, um, my freshman year, I went, to, um, I went to VMI out of high school. Uh, my brother was there on scholarship. My dad played there. And um, even though it was a military school, I really liked what it had to offer basketball-wise. Um, I was looking at playing time right away as a freshman. Uh, a lot of people don't get that. So I was really excited. The style of play really fit me. And um, a couple months into my freshman year, we found out my grandfather had late stages of cancer and was really, really sick. Um, so talking to my brother he was there with me we decided it was best to leave school and we were living with him helping take care of him um so as when we left school we were living with him taking care of him and um finally i decided a few months down the road i was like i want to get back in school i want to keep playing and so i kept looking around kept looking around but i wasn't able to contact any college coaches because of what was going on with vmi and everything else so I kind of had to enroll in a school going in blind and uh, Marshall was the closest division one school coach D'Antoni had just been hired. He was starting his first year. So uh, I ended up going to Marshall. I met with coach D'Antoni. I think it was December or Ju January 12th or 11th um, at 8:30 AM in his office. I introduced myself. I said, coach, here's what's going on. Here's my situation. And he was like, here's a jersey. We'll see what you got at 2.30. So um, kind of gave me like a tryout slash um, invitation to see what I had. And the rest was history. I was very blessed to end up there. I got really lucky to have him as a coach. And, um, ah, man, I, I, I got lucky. That's awesome. And I mean, I know how, how great of a coach Coach D'Antoni is. Um, of course, his brother, Mike D'Antoni, for those of you guys that don't know, coaches the Houston Rockets in the NBA. So that's, that's awesome, man. Um, I know you have a pretty cool intramural game story. Um, so you want to share that real quick? 
Yeah, so my freshman year when I was sitting out, um, some of the guys I knew from Huntington where Marshall's located uh, hit me and asked if I wanted to play intramurals. So I was like, yeah, man, I'll play. And uh, I severely underrated the intramural scene, man. It's competitive. <laughs> Dudes live and die by intramurals. And uh, we were playing one game. We were playing one of the bottom teams in the league. I'm not going to lie. They weren't very good. And I ended up hitting 101 points. I had 33 three-pointers in one layup. Um, and that was kind of my uh, my welcome party to Marshall, and that's when there was some buzz going around. So it was a good way to kick off my career. That's an amazing way to kick off your career. Yeah, intramural sports are very competitive. Um, and you'll find some pretty good athletes in intramurals, that's for sure. That's for sure. So um, how much is – you know, Marshall and the Sydney Huntington mean to you currently right now? Like, I mean, even when you got there, did you, was your love for Huntington kind of, did it have to be kind of grown over the four years or was it like right when you got there, you fell in love with it? Because we know how much Marshall means to the city of Huntington. Um, but you know, how much did it mean to you? You know, I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but where I'm from Charleston, Charleston's about 45 minutes away from Huntington for those that don't know. And, uh, you know, I didn't spend much time in Huntington at all. Uh, I was always kind of a West Virginia fan when I was really young. Uh, and then I started liking Duke as I got older. And when I ended up at Marshall, I didn't, I didn't really know that much about the history or the tradition there or the people. Um, so uh, as I progressed and got older, um, I just was more and more appreciative of what Marshall offered. Um, like you said, Marshall means everything to Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, the people live and die martial sports, um, some of the best people you ever meet. So I made some lifelong friends, whether they were teammates of mine, uh, students at Marshall, boosters, or just fans of the, of the sport. So, I mean, the family atmosphere and the type of people in that area, uh, I severely underrated them because I've formed some relationships there that'll just, I mean, they'll last me a lifetime. For sure. I mean, my, um, you know, I told you my dad, he, he's a Marshall alum and, um, just going back to the history of Marshall and um, you think about the 1970 plane crash. Um, so my dad was born and raised in Huntington and, you know, he, his friend's parents were on that plane and it's just like, it was such, so, so tragic and everything, but the city of Huntington is so close, you know, just cause of Marshall. And you think if Marshall wasn't there, you know, would Huntington even be on the map to some people, you know, mm. um, that's awesome. So, you know, getting to Marshall, um, Coach D'Antoni's first year, um, you know, Marshall basketball pretty much coming off pretty mediocre basketball seasons um, before you and D'Antoni get there. Um, how important was it to get Marshall basketball back to that competitive competitive play, that championship basketball play that they used to have? That was, that was one of my main focuses, um, just talking to my family and talking to Coach D'Antoni. Uh, every year I'd always like go over kind of what my goals were for that year and moving forward. And when I got there, uh, my biggest thing was I, I wanted to leave a legacy. Um, I wanted, I wanted to hang a banner. I wanted to try to put my name in the rafters. Um, so going in, that was my mindset. I was like, I want, I want to put Marshall on the map. And I was very, I mean, really fortunate to have the coaching staff I did and, and my teammates because had some great players as teammates. Um, they did a great job of putting me in really good positions uh, throughout the game, throughout the season. Um, so first and foremost, I was, I was really lucky to how it all played out. But, I mean, going in, my goal was to leave that legacy. And when, when I got to Marshall, when Coach D'Antoni got to Marshall, we were getting – when I was sitting out, there was probably anywhere from 3,000 to 4,500 people in the stands per game. And 
my last few games, I mean, we were we were averaging six to eight thousand per game. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just the transition from where the where the um where the team and where the where the college was as a basketball school. Uh, I mean, I just, it just kept getting better and better, and um, people just gradually started growing back towards basketball. And I think I don't think the program's anywhere finished, but I think it's heading in the right direction. And if I if I recall correctly, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the one season it may have been the season you got there, um, you guys finished 500. Is that right? I think it was that last game versus Southern Miss um, when the like two overtimes or something like that. Yeah. That was Austin Luke night, hit that three. See, yep. I think that, that game was the absolute changer for your next um, couple of years. Mm. I mean, I think that game really defined those next few years. And that that's what got fans excited was that game, you know, how much you guys were down and, you clawed your way back and just the fight and grit you guys had. And I think that's what you brought, especially and coach D'Antoni brought to Marshall basketball was that fight and grit that they were really missing um, before you guys got there. No, I agree. I agree. I remember that game like it was yesterday. It was, we were down, I think 20 or 22 yep. at halftime and on senior night. So, you know, everybody's like, Holy cow, this is not how we planned it. And uh, we all just rallied in the locker room, fought and scrapped back and then looped. Austin Loop, one of the greatest shooters in Marshall history, hit a phenomenal uh, three-pointer to seal the deal. So that's crazy that you remember that like that. And you know Marshall fans will, will tell it like it is. And, you know, if you're, if you're losing, they will not show up. If you're winning, they'll show up. They're like, mm-hmm. they're like Knicks fans. That's how they are. <laughs> exactly. Um, so talk us through your the NCAA um, tournament game against Wichita State a couple of years ago. Just going through your mind, start to finish. Obviously, I'm sure there were a lot of nerves that were kicking in through the whole game. Um, just kind of talks through that whole game, your mindset, um, how the locker room was, like at halftime, before the game, after the game, just all that stuff. So going into the game, um, I mean, we were just on an adrenaline high because we beat Western Kentucky in the Conference USA Championship and made the tournament for the first time in 31 years. So Marshall hadn't been to the NCAA tournament in 31 years. So, um, I mean, it was just a roller coaster of emotion, and all of it was just – there was so much joy and excitement going on throughout the tri-state, throughout the state, and with the program. I mean, I can't – words can't even explain how exciting it was because we, when we beat Western Kentucky, we came back home, watched the selection show for the NCAA tournament, fly to San Diego. I mean, there wasn't one person that didn't think we were going to win that game. I mean – we heard Wichita State. We were excited. I mean, and it was straight business from there. We uh, had a great scouting report, great game plan, and just came out and executed. We had guys make big plays, but, I mean, it was just that camaraderie that the team had, that um, high level of confidence everybody brought to the table. And, I mean, I didn't – there was no way we could lose that game. Right. I mean, and you know, like, everyone knows Wichita State just based off the years before that when they made it so far into the tournament is like, wow, we're, I mean, we're playing this big of a team, this big of a program coached by Greg Marshall, you know, an amazing coach. Um, and man, I remember watching that game in my, my dorm room and oh my goodness. Um, you, you hit that shot from the hash. And I remember, I think it was Doris Burke that was announcing or so I don't know who's announcing on ESPN, but it was from the hash, you know, I'm sure you've watched the highlights and it's just, man, um, that was crazy. I think that was the turning point of the game. And um, the moment, the momentum switch and everything was that that shot right there that you hit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, that was, that was amazing. Um, so after finishing like on a high note, um, your final year winning the CIT championship with the herd, um, how was the process going from, from, um, being done with college to the NBA and trying to get your name out there and summer league and all that stuff? So it, it got, it got a lot more real. Uh, it got a lot, I don't want to say serious, but I mean, this, it, it got the real life stuff because I was kind of, I mean, I was just so extremely lucky to be in the situation I was at Marshall. Um, Coach D'Antoni kind of giving me the keys and just having my back and believing in me. So the day I finished at Marshall, um, it's almost like I'm in the real world now. I'm fighting for my job. I'm fighting uh, to get paid. I mean, so the basketball world is one of the most competitive places ever. And uh, everybody wants the same thing. You're participating in NBA workouts. You're you're working out in front of Larry Bird, um, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge. I mean, the list goes on and on. All the teams, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra. I mean, so you are going into these workouts for NBA teams against the top guys in the country. I mean, they basically did the same things you did in college. Um, these guys are projected lottery picks, guys that are with NBA dreams. And you're going in and it's just – it's a dog eat dog world. So you've got to be ready. Um, it's mentally exhausting because every day you've got to go in ready to compete and show yourself because you're auditioning for a lot of money and that's not like college. Um, so millions of dollars are on the line every workout. And, uh, you know, it was a fun process. It was stressful. I got to fly all over the country playing basketball and NBA arenas, NBA practice facilities. Um, and you know, I ended up in summer league with the Celtics and it was kind of a, rocky road it went up and down but you know I was blessed to have the experience I ended up playing professionally in Italy so the ball hasn't stopped bouncing yet and I'm just going to keep trying to maximize uh, the opportunities and play for as long as possible love it and um so you you actually declared for the draft in 2018 correct but then you yes. pull back out yeah so um I, I was kind of hoping that you were going to do some workouts in 2018 and here's why um, that summer I was doing an internship with the Charlotte Hornets. And so I was with their coaches and players every day. So I was, um, I was a part of those summer, you know, summer league workouts. So I was like, oh man, you know, John Elmore, he could, he could be coming to Charlotte and do, doing a workout and stuff like that. So, um, but no, that's, that's awesome, man. And just, you know, the attitude you have, you know, playing as long as you can. And obviously that's stressful flying over all over the country and, you know, it takes a toll on your body. Um, that's for sure. So that's awesome. Um, so right now, um, like you said earlier, you're playing in Italy. Um, you're playing with, correct me if I'm wrong, if I say this, say this wrong or Orlandina basket. Yeah. Orlandina, mm -hmm. Okay. So they're in Italy. Um, so European basketball, is that what you expected? Is it not what you expected? Um, and I mean, how is it over there? Totally different than what I expected. Um, I've ended up, I played in for two different teams in Italy. Um, It'll, like European basketball is a little different because the marketplace in Italy is just forever changing. Um, guys move teams early in the year, mid-year, end of the year. Um, teams sign guys for the playoffs, stuff like that. So it's not like here where everybody's kind of pretty stationary for the most part. So the market kind of is forever changing. So I ended up playing on two teams in Italy this year. Um, phenomenal experience. I didn't realize how high level the basketball was. Um, I was really blessed to have some great vets on my team that, um, some of the guys had NBA experience. Some of the guys had played in Europe 10 plus years. So um, having them to kind of educate me and kind of inform me on what to expect throughout my career, some of the bumps in the road I'm going to have to deal with was huge for me because 
I mean, you get in rookie slumps and you have to adjust to a new system. You're in a new country. People don't speak English. Um, you try to go out to eat. And you, you can't have a conversation with the waiter or the waitress about what, yeah. what you're going to order. So, um, you know, it was tough. I had a tough rookie transition, but I had some glimpses that I played really well. Uh, the game over there is – it's almost like 1990s, early 2000s basketball in the States, just really physical. Um, not a lot of fouls are called pound the ball inside you run a lot of really long sets and offenses that uh, are really strategical and I'm coming from D'Antoni's system where we want to shoot the first available decent (laughs) shot so it was definitely tough on me to get adjusted but having those teammates and having my family always there um, helping me any way they could really uh, I think it kind of helped me get over the hump and has prepared me for if I go back to Europe for a year or two I'll I'll uh, be a little bit more ready and know what to expect and pretty much community how's communicating with your teammates um is it easy or or no so it wasn't too bad um my head coach on my first team didn't speak one word of english so if he starts yelling at me i don't know what's going yeah, on you don't know what he's saying. <laughs> but um so if there was 13 or 14 guys on the roster everybody spoke pretty good english um you know some of the italian they their English wasn't the best, but they could speak enough where you could have conversations and you knew what was going on. And then on my second team, the head coach spoke perfect English. I mean, he was an Italian guy, but you would have thought he was an American because of how well he spoke English. So it just depends on where you are, what country you're in, what team you're with. Uh, it varies because I'm sure on some teams, not everybody speaks English. Like I had, like I learned quickly, the head coach didn't even speak English on one of my teams. So it's just all about the situation and kind of getting a little bit lucky. I'm sure you're enjoying all the food over there as well. Man, phenomenal pizza. Phenomenal pizza. Probably the best pizza you've ever had, right? Came back here and I was like, I don't even want pizza anymore. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. Um, So a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. So um, you have the TBT coming up. Um, For those of you that don't know, it's called the basketball tournament. So um, basically, in, in, in terms, it's kind of a lot of alumni teams that are coming together. Um, playing the tournament. Um, it's July 4th through the 14th on ESPN. So you got that coming up in, the, in a couple weeks. The hype is unreal um, for basketball fans because I haven't seen basketball in months. Um, and the hype is unreal for herd fans because we got you guys um, heard that. And then we're playing against Best Virginia. So it's already in state rivalry um, that I wish was still happening, you know, in the NCAA. Um, so just run us through like your roster and what we can expect to see from herd that. So we, uh, we played in it last year, and um, as we moved forward, we kind of thought about moving it towards an alumni-based team. Uh, we had a few Marshall guys, but then we added a few more Marshall guys. So our base is Marshall alumni. Uh, we added a few extra pieces, one big man from Texas Tech, one from Pittsburgh, and then he transferred to Arizona, one from Middle Tennessee, and one from UAB. So Marshall fans will be familiar with some of the guys we added, but, you know, it's it's some of the best basketball you'll ever see because you're playing the competition level is unreal. I don't think people realize how high level it is because you're playing against guys that are mostly college basketball legends, guys that have had phenomenal professional careers overseas. And now more and more former NBA players are getting in it. Joe Johnson, uh, Nate Robinson, most Spates. I mean, guys like that that have had phenomenal NBA careers. So in the middle of the summer, you're playing on ESPN, national television, with millions of dollars on the line uh, in the middle of the summer. So we're excited. Um, the team 
it just uh, it seems like a great fit. You know, everybody kind of fits what we want to do. Everybody's great people. Um, we're starting training camp here in a day or two, so everybody's flying in. But, you know, it's a great opportunity to showcase Marshall on national television and uh, give Herd fans a chance to see some of their players play again and put on the jersey again. Right, for sure. I know a lot of players that are playing, I really miss – you know, watching you guys play. So it's going to be awesome. Can't wait, especially playing against Best Virginia. Um, it's got to beat them. I know you guys want to. I know you guys will. Um, 100%. But, um, not, I'm not a huge West Virginia guy myself um, at all. Um, so last question. So, um, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of like high school and AAU kids out there that already have their mindset, you know, like I'm going D1 um, and stuff like that. So what – if you had a – a teenager, you know, that's just starting high school, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting with them, you're sitting down with them and you're talking to him. And he's like, yeah, um, you know, I want to go D1 and everything and um, go, go to Duke or, you know, Kentucky or whatever. What is something you tell him, um, you know, to be able to get to that point at D1 level, because it's not easy. It's not an easy road to get there that, you know, the work, the work effort, the work, I'm sorry, not work effort. The um, amount of work you got to put in, you got to have, has got to be tremendous. got to be through the roof. So what is, you know, if you had a kid sitting in front of you right now, what would you tell them in terms of what their mindset's got to be or, you know, how hard they got to work um, and stuff like that? You know, I'd say two things. I'd say set goals, like you were talking about. You want to play at Kentucky, you want to play at Duke, whatever. That's fine. That's great. Does it happen for everybody? No, but set goals. I remember I was in prep school my, uh, my junior year my roommate, one of my best friends, I wrote on a little note card and I hung it on my desk and it um, said, I want to play professional basketball. And I mean, he, he would laugh at it. He was like, Oh no, that's not, that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, man, we're going to see. That's my goal. And um, so set goals. That's number one. And number two was, I'd say you can't cheat the grind. Um, everybody says there's no substitution for hard work. Uh, I always say you can't cheat the grind because if you want to get to that level, if you want to have success and play at that level, um, you really can't cheat the grind because you have to take, you have to go every day with that goal in mind and focus on that because there's so many guys around the world now. I mean, it's an international game around the world that have the same goals as you. They have bigger goals than you. Um, so you can't, there's no substitution for it. You got to go every day ready to work and have that thought in the back of your head, this is what I want to do. And if you do that, I think you really have a chance, but until you get that mindset, it's going to be tough. Right. Totally agree. And it's like, it feels like today's day and age, it's like kids, you know, think they can cheat the process and they can get there. Um, you know, in terms of how it was you know, years ago, but now it's just like, you know, they can cheat the process. They think they can get there. Cause I, I've, I've been working basketball tournaments, travel basketball tournaments for the past four years. And, um, you know, I see it on these kids, like, you know, they're not, they don't do the little things. They're not diving for loose balls. They don't have the energy. They're not, you know, talking on defense. And I think that's something that a lot of coaches really look for, um, in terms of recruiting. It's not just, can you make a basket? You know, can you do all the little things? Can you be a great teammate? Even if things are going your way, you know, can you be positive and, and stuff like that? Um, so I just, I mean, I think, you know, today's society, a lot of that's being cheated out. I, I don't think it's being, really being taught and emphasized like it should be. Um, but, no, that's awesome. Totally agree. Um, but is there anything else you want to add? No, nah, man. Uh, 
any more questions? I can do this all day. I love talking sports, love talking <laughs> basketball and the journey and stuff like that, man. So I definitely appreciate you having me on. Man, um, no, my pleasure. Um, really great having you on. And um, remember, everyone that's listening out there, check out Heard That. We'll be playing in the basketball tournament um, on ESPN. I think you guys play July 5th, correct? July 5th. I think we play in the evening. Official times haven't been announced yet. But Marshall versus West Virginia, the in-state rivalry, only two Division One schools. So it'll be fun to go at it with them. Yeah, only two D1 schools in the state of West Virginia. So very huge game. Probably the biggest first-round game in the tournament, to be honest with you. I would say I so. Um, awesome. So, um, again, um, John, thank you for coming on. Um, amazing talking to you, man. I've um, been looking up to you for, for years and years, so I really appreciate you. Um, for everyone listening out there, thank you guys for listening, and um, we'll see you next week on the Mike Talk Podcast.